Welcome everybody back to Friar Talk. Today we're going to be having a very interesting episode, I think, just because, you know, today's game, it was very positive for the Padres. They come out there, absolutely explode on offense, win it 10-0. Um, but then you look at the previous three games, and I was not on the stream with Isaac and Chase after that Rays game, but as we know, it was a it was a good spot to be in after that Rays game. The Padres had gone seven and three. They'd averaged a little over five runs per game. They had beat the Guardians, who they haven't been a good team this year, but they were really hot. And then they beat the Rays, another good team. They're going into San Francisco. You guys were talking about it. Oh, we need you know we need some Juan Soto power. That first game starts. You get the Juan Soto power. You get the two solo shots, and those first two games, and I would even throw in the third one as well, were absolute disaster choke jobs. Um, really, really rough from, I, w- I wouldn't even say like an offensive standpoint or a pitching standpoint or anything, really just from a team standpoint because it was tough to watch. Um, I was actually at that first game. They're up, what, 4-0, 5-0? I forget exactly 4-0. what it was. And it just kind of starts unraveling slowly. And that first game, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go through each game here. First game. I think you can blame that that one on Bob Melvin. You put you put Garcia in the ninth. Have we learned nothing? Have we learned nothing that he could pitch? I looked over. Um, I was with some friends there, and I was like, "All right, yeah, we're, we're probably gonna blow this lead right now. Like, I, I would be surprised if this does not go to extras or we lose this game in the ninth. Garcia comes in, he can't find the strike zone at all. Um, and the thing is, I think I said that like three pitches in because the thing with Garcia is, if he comes in and he cannot locate, he's not gonna figure it out. Like we, we have seen that over the past year plus with Garcia. So he comes in absolute disaster there. And then, you know, every, every one of those first three games, there's also another underlying issue. That's been the issue all season long is runners in scoring position. Um, the Potters were atrocious. So they never really able to expand these leads, even though they're up early in the game, they're putting up runs. They have a decent cushion. Um, you get really good outings by Waka Lugo. And then in this last game, Snell, um, but those first two games, you get good outings by Waka and Lugo. You're four and five starter, right? Fantastic stuff by them. And it just was so frustrating to watch because the offense can never get it going. In the first game, the tenth starts, and you have the you have the trio up there. You have Fernando on second. You have you know your next three guys. You got Soto, Machado, Bogarts do up. They can't bring them. In. I mean, they walk they walk Soto, but they can't bring them in and. Everything just kind of unraveled, and it was it was rough. So it was really interesting because those first few games, like we're, we're talking about it, and it was just like, dude, this team looks terrible. It looks atrocious. And then today they explode. And you hope, you really, really hope that it's a turning point, that it's something. But, I mean, you guys listen to this show pretty regularly. It, we've said that before. We said, oh, we yeah. hope this is a turning point. Yeah. And we've said that so many times where it's like, how confident are we that we it's really a turning point? So once again, fingers crossed, but I don't know. I, I don't know. That was a abysmal series. Um, the offense, it's not even like all of the offense. I feel like Soto, Tatis, I mean, Machado's been heating up, and you, you look at it numbers-wise, Kim has been great, but it's the execution, and it's the execution from any aspect of the game, the clutchness, the level of clutchness that this team has. I feel like they're the least clutch team I've ever seen in not even baseball, dude, in like pro sports up to this point, because it seems like every single moment they have that they can kind of like win the game, it slips to their hands. Their numbers aren't that bad. Like, I mean, their numbers, some of their numbers are bad, but like 
their stars are producing. They have guys doing well, but it's the clutch moments. It's the, oh, haters going to come in and walk in the final guy. It's just something consistently goes wrong and they lose one run games like no other baseball team that I've seen before. So I'm definitely still frustrated about it. Like it, it's rough. Um, but Isaac, how you feeling? Do you, do you feel at least a little bit better after today? I mean, I feel a little bit better after today. I will say that, but it's also like, I got to see a lot more. Exactly. It's just recency bias is making me not absolutely furious today. Um, that first game, it was a disaster, man. I mean, the Padres go up for nothing. Soto hits two shots. Uh, I think Fernando hit a shot. It was for nothing. And Michael Walker, sure, he allowed two, but he had a really good start. Six innings, two runs. Uh, Timmy had a good inning. Uh, I forgot who pitched the next inning, but I, I something has had to something had to be done to where you got to a point you didn't have to throw Garcia in the ninth. It, it didn't make any sense. And and yeah, you know, Suarez is down and um but I really don't understand why Hayter can't go three days in a row, why Martinez couldn't go another day. It just, it, it, none of it makes sense to me. Um, I feel like Hater gets paid a lot of money to, and we gave up a decent amount. I, I don't think we gave up too much to get him, but um, especially in a situation like that, you know, all your guys are down, uh, at least all your high leverage guys are down to where you could have used Martinez for two or three innings the next day, which they did. But that first game kind of set the tone for the rest of the series. And, and um the Potters looked pretty atrocious again throughout the series. Yeah, they put up four the first day, four the next day, I believe, um, 10 today. But overall, in the in yesterday's game, which, yeah, I had a really controversial call. But realistically, that call shouldn't have been the tell-all, you know, the end-all, be-all, because they hit into five double plays. They left an insane amount of guys on. Realistically, every single game was a winnable game. The only one taken out of their hands was the third one. The first two were winnable games. They should have won that second one. The high leverage guys were available. Um, Lugo had a good start. The high leverage guys were were available, man. So Martinez was available. Hill pitched. Wilson pitched. Hayter pitched. It felt like there was no excuse that they should have lost that second game. And nonetheless, they blew the second game. Um, Martinez had a rough start to the ninth. Hater ended up walking another guy and finished on a walk-off walk by Jock Peterson. Couldn't find the zone. Uh, been seeing that a little more from Hater lately. He's been having a little bit of trouble finding the zone with his fastball. I think he'll fix it. But um, overall, man, really, really bad series with guys in scoring position. Uh, execution was terrible. Approaches were terrible. Four for twenty-nine. It's a recipe for disaster. And it was a huge series. It was. Arguably the biggest series of the year where if you were able to take three, you'd be maybe a game back, maybe two games back, maybe in that wild card spot, but you're not. You are now on the outside looking in five and a half games back before the before this Dodgers game, this next Dodger game. And now instead of saying, hey, this Potters team is one of the hottest teams in baseball. Now you're saying, hey, we might be looking at the Potters as sellers at the deadline because of this small stretch. Where after, you know a week ago we were saying oh they just went four and two against the Guardians and the Rays had a good homestand first winning homestand since Mexico which isn't really a homestand but first winning homestand since Mexico things were looking up and then uh, you could definitely tell that that Giants loss that first one kind of 
set the tone for for what ended up being a giant series w three to one and um will i say today was encouraging i don't know no i would say no i expect this offense to put up stuff like this or you know games like this sometimes but um things kind of just imploded for the padres and i thought the pitching was good i thought you know some of these guys had some pretty good series fernando had a good series soto had a good series um, but overall, they just couldn't come through in the biggest moments. No, and that's and that's absolutely true. And I mean, we're looking at it. And there's I, I see people talking about like a, a lot of guys have just been down in terms of numbers and stuff. Um, and, and today was a today was a good game. Yeah, but we've seen them kind of have these these breakout games randomly. I, I'll even say like the offense hasn't been bad lately. Like the last month, they've averaged like five runs a game. Now the thing is is that they have been so atrocious in specific spots where it's the difference of winning multiple games in a row. They've only Have they won three games in a row one Dude, time I, this year? I, I can't remember them winning three games in a row, let alone four. The Giants uh, yeah, so just won two. No, they, they don't get win streaks because it's so up and down game to game. And basically everyone's numbers on the team are down. Um, Hassan Kim is having a pretty – pretty solid year i guess i mean i don't know what he finished with last year he's hitting 251 719 ops but i mean I, you tell me is he one of the most confident guys you have in when there's guys on he feels like he's the only I mean, he guy feels like, yeah he, he's been he's been pretty decent in those situations i mean there's definitely a guy we got to talk about oh yeah oh yes and before we get into him i will say tomorrow i'm gonna put a, a shorts video out on youtube so anyone listening on podcast make sure you hop on youtube see it kind of a deep dive into the stats and stuff. We'll give kind of a conversation breakdown right now. Um, but the two additions, like the two big additions this year are Xander Bogarts and Matt Carpenter. And it could not have, it, it could not be worse for Matt Carpenter. Matt yeah. Carpenter has been atrocious, but Xander Bogarts has been one of the most disappointing signings since dare I say Eric Hosmer. Yes. Like, like seriously, like it's been that bad. And we're, I'm going to put a shorts video on just so like how like, hey, like these guys have been black holes for this team. Um, so I'm going to put a shorts video on that out. Also on Sunday, Sunday evening, I'm thinking five o'clock. I'll, I'll put a tweet out. I'll put something out on Twitter. We are going to be doing a $50 uh, gift card giveaway for Bubs at the ballpark. It's the bar right next to the stadium. Um, we're kind of partner, partnering up with them. Um, so we'll do that too. I'll put more information on that, but make sure you guys hop onto that. Cause that'll be super fun as well. Especially people on podcasts that don't join the lives, maybe join those lives. So we'll be doing a few of those on Sundays, but next Sunday will be the first one. So $50 gift card. I mean, that's a good amount of drinks before the game. Um, but going back to him, Isaac, you, you can start. Cause, cause you've been, you've been texting. I don't know if it's been on air ever, but Xander Bogarts is getting to you, man. Xander Bogarts is definitely getting to no, me. No, so. I mean, getting to me is an understatement. The dude's living rent-free in my head, bro. I, I genuinely do not like him. Um, and and he had a really good start to the season. You know, I understand he got hit by Spencer Strider in the wrist that's been giving him issues. But, dude, if you're that hurt, if you are this bad while hurt, just take an IL stint. The lineup, I mean, it was only a, a really small sample size, like insanely small. But the lineup looked great today. Without him, Machado hit fourth. Machado hit a three-run shot. Let's say Xander was up. I would put money on it. He would have hit into a double play and killed the whole momentum. So, And, and that's been the thing with Xander Bogarts lately is 
guys get on. I mean, Soto's been getting on. Fernando's been getting on a lot. At times, they're both on, and he hits into a double play, or he hits a weak ground ball, or he strikes out, or he hits an infield fly. Guys, Xander Bogarts has one home run since, since the beginning of May. Since May 1st to now, one home run. In the past two months, he has one home run. And I believe his OPS is probably low 700s or high 600s in the past two months. He's been one of the, well, I mean, he's been one of the worst players in baseball. I don't really know how else to say it. Um, he has a two war right now, but I believe at least one and a half of that war was acquired during the first 40 days of the season, 30, 40 games of the season. And um, he's been good defensively, man. Don't get me wrong. He's been pretty good defensively, but it's come to a point where this cleanup hitter of yours, the cleanup hitter who put up a six war in Boston was one of the best players in all of baseball last year signs for 25 million for 11 years. We figure out that he has a chronic risk condition. We find out that he needs cortisone shots that he's using this grip to try and to try and take away pain from his wrist. We have that guy 11 years, 25 million AAV. And that's really disappointing when he's coming up to the plate and you have zero confidence in him to be able to bring in a run, even on a single. You have none. I have no confidence in him to be able to do it right now. Most of his value was supposed to be at the plate where he is around like a 290, 300 career average. What is he hitting right now? Probably like two. I think he was hitting 260. But even then, 260 is not that bad. But then you hear what his OPS is, and it's like seven, like 740. Fernando hit, could hit 260, and he could be high 800s. But Xander Bogarts isn't that. He maxes out like a 20 home run. So most of his value was supposed to come from hitting for average, hitting 290, 300, clearing the bases on some doubles, not grounding out into double plays like Eric Hosmer. Um, so it's not exactly like Eric Hosmer in the sense that, hey, at least this guy is doing good defensively. Defensively, he's a great player. He fixed his defensive woes that came from Boston. But when you take into account that, what is it? He's 0 for 17 with runners on first and second. One for something. He has one hit with runners on second and third. And you look at it from a team standpoint, he is arguably the worst guy with runners in scoring position. He, him, in order, I would say him, Jake Cronenworth, Manny Machado, the three, four, five are the guys that are losing you the most games, which sucks. I hate saying that, but those three, and of course you got to include DH, whoever the hell it is, um, either Carper Cruz or maybe even Odor, but I would argue that those three are the ones losing you all those games. Those are the ones that are really hurting you when it comes to bringing guys in with with guys in scoring position but the number one culprit has been xander bogarts yeah and, and just going over his numbers real quick here so he's hitting right now he's hitting 256 and he has an ops plus of 105 so his ops is 726 he's has a 384 slugging like dude that is not a 25 million dollar player having a under 400 slugging. That's really, really bad. And, and you brought up the, uh, the runners in scoring position issue. He's hitting a buck 94 with a 693 OPS. 
Uh, and then when men are on in general, he's hitting 203 with a 713 OPS. So him hitting as your four or five hitter, does it have to stop right now? Like the answer has to be a yes for at least the immediate future. I like what they did with the lineup today. I don't know how they're going to change it up. I think Kim should lead off. Um, I think we were talking about this earlier. Grish should be nine. Kim should be first. But w- what do you do after the the after cleanup spot? Do you have Gary there and then you put Bogarts at six? Because that that feels like, dude, you just signed this guy for this much money with the idea that he's going to probably slow down later on in the contract a lot, like really fall off, just like just how shortstop contracts typically work. And first year, you're already moving him down to six in the order. And Gary Sanchez and Hassan Kim are going to have more impactful spots in the lineup. That That's crazy. That is crazy to look at it from right now and be like, oh, yeah, this is where it's at. But, like, you got to win now. That's the thing. Like, you got to win now. You, you know, we're talking about all this stuff. Potters are sitting six and a half games out of a wild card spot, and there's many teams in between them. They have a, they have the hundred percent have the capability to come back and, and do it and, and make the playoffs, hundred percent. But how they're playing, how how things are shaping out, doesn't give you confidence that's going to happen. And a lot of it is what you said: three guys in the middle of the order, Bogarts, Manny, and Jake Cronenworth. <clears throat> I will say, not too concerned about Manny. I feel like Manny's been been heating up a little bit lately. I, I'm not too concerned about him. But Bogarts, Cronenworth, another guy that got a contract? Dude, Cronenworth looks terrible. How often do we see him just flare a, uh, flare a little like weak fly ball out to left field? It feels like that's half of his at-bats. And, and he's striking out way, way higher percentage than he typically does. So you, you have these guys that you just paid. And we were texting about this earlier. Dude, it looks like the Padres paid the wrong guys. Go look at, like, who got paid. Jake Cronenworth got paid. And obviously, Hassan Kim didn't get paid just because he's he has another year on his contract, right? I mean, I mean, so did Jake. Jake, I think, had multiple years of control. But Hassan Kim looks like a much better second baseman. And now you have Jake playing first, and it's like he's out of position in this weird spot. And now he's probably not very coveted from other teams from like trade-wise. And now you kind of picked him over Kim in a sense. Maybe they're still able to keep Kim, but that might burn them. And we haven't got to starting the starting rotation, but Darvish isn't having a very good year. Who's been the best pitcher? Because we got to bring up him. Blake Snell, dude. Blake Snell has been an absolute animal. Blake Snell has been the best pitcher over his last, what, six, seven starts? So you pick to sign Darvish, who's like 36, instead of signing Snell. If Snell walks... I, I mean, their pitching has been so good over the last few years. I'm not like, I mean, outside of 2021, they need to have arms, but like, that's looking bad. It, it just, it's looking like the offseason was a massive disaster. It, it looks like it was such a disaster. Now, two months later from now, maybe we're, we're saying different things, right? Like maybe Darvish looks better. Maybe Bogarts gets it going and stuff. But right now, that is what it looks like. And right now, that is translating to losses. So, it's been really tough. Um, I know we're being super negative right now. I will say the start the starters are looking really good. I feel really confident about the five. I, I mentioned that Darvish hasn't been that good. I, I think he's going to come back and be decent, you know, high threes, low four ERA guy, which isn't great, but he also consistently goes six or seven every single night, which I think is a huge plus. Um, and you still feel confident with him in big games. Musgrove, he's been solid. Blake Snell, I just said he's been at, like – ridiculous has like a 0.5 era or like a 0.3 era in the last six starts and i was like i forget 
he's like actually breaking records for like his stretch right now. Um, Waka Waka has been so much better than everyone's thought. Like he sucked the first few starts. And since then he has turned it on and looks like an absolute steal of a, of a signing. Um, and then Lugo, if Lugo's healthy, that's the big if he's been great. Like that curve, dude, that curveball is so dirty. And he's also just fun to watch too. That's the other thing about him. The starters look good. Morahone's back. I didn't watch him last night. I was on a flight. I didn't quite see his, uh, see him in that one, but you and Chase were texting that his stuff looked just filthy yesterday. So you have him, you have Suarez come back. Like, I, I'm fine with the bullpen. I, and the bullpen's also been great besides the first two games. But also, like, are we really going to blame just the bullpen when, like, you go, what was it, like, four for, like, 27 or something with runners in scoring position? Like, yeah, we can blame the bullpen a little bit because you threw in Garcia. But, like, eh, like let's talk about extending leads because that's been the problem all year long. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of where I'm feeling, like, right now. Um, I see a lot of people t- talking about uh, – we're talking before we hopped in about A.J. Preller. Um, I will say this. If the Padres are in a spot where they're like 10 games back or something, if, if it goes really bad and they're super far back, um, I don't want A.J. Preller being the guy to man the trade deadline. Like, I think it, I, I think that's a horrible idea. Like, because we've seen, like, the, some of the desperation trades that he've, he's made are really, really bad. Now, he's had a couple good ones. We, we talk about that he's a great scout and stuff, but we're, we're not going to get too into it today just because I, I do want to have Chase on when we talk about kind of A.J. Preller, like should he stay or should he go? Sneak peek, I, I don't like A.J. Preller. I'll tell you that right now. I feel like I've said that a lot, but like we have to have Chase on for that because Chase also has a very strong opinion on that one. But there's a lot of dysfunction in this organization when it comes to coaching and you look at all the guys' offensive numbers, like, oh, that's a sign there. Um, and AJ Preller is at the helm. So I, I don't think that would be a good idea. Um, I just kind of unloaded a lot of stuff on you right there, Isaac, but you know, pitching, you feeling good about that at least. I'm confident in pretty much anyone when they start Lugo's stuff look good. Uh, walk has been one of the best pitchers in baseball lately. Snell, same thing. Uh, Musgrove's giving you six innings at only like two, three earned each time. Uh, Darvish, I think he's going to turn it around. The thing with Darvish is that consistently his first four innings look good, and then the fifth inning he implodes. That I mean, just from the eye test, that's what I think, um, for whatever reason. Uh, but I mean, overall, I think I think the pitching looks great. I think they just had the wrong guy in at the wrong time in Luis Garcia. Um, Morahone's stuff looked good. Hopefully, we get Suarez back soon. Um, and we'll have a good a good pitching staff, but the thing is, the pitching staff has been good. The Padres have had one of the best bullpens in baseball. They've had one of the best rotations in baseball. It's not translating to wins because you got guys in, in the middle of your lineup that aren't producing. The guys that are supposed to be producing aren't producing when the guys are on. The big difference this series was that, look, I, I don't think the Giants looked that impressive. I will say that I think they just they had some timely hitting, which was the biggest difference in the series. They had timely hitting and you don't need to be that good of a team to have some timely hitting. You don't need to have the biggest guys in your lineup. The Padres last year throughout the first half of the season, they had probably one of the worst lineups in baseball. They were bottom 15 in all the stats, but they were pretty good with guys in scoring position and the pitching was doing the job. That was the recipe for the Giants. We put up four in the first few innings. Then we went like we went scoreless for the rest. 
And that's been a kind of a, a, a recurring thing for the Padres. We lost two bullpen games for the Giants. They had two bullpen games. We lost them both. In in Waka's and Darvish's starts, that's two of your best guys. And we lost them both because we couldn't hit with runners in scoring position. And the main guys that were doing that, I keep repeating it, but it was Manny, Xander, and Jake. It's just, it's it's been the same thing over and over and over. It's those three. And what sucks is Manny and Jake are, I mean, they're two of my favorite players. I love them, but it's, 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 it's tiresome. It's tiring to, to know that you don't have as much confidence in them as you did the previous years. The thing with Jake was like, yeah, his OPS wouldn't be, you know, that crazy in his previous years, but he was good with guys on. He was all, he was pretty good. This year, it's a completely different story. It's just he's not able to get the ball out of the yard right now, it seems. And um, he's looking – I mean, he looks significantly worse. I don't know what's going on with him. Um, but he looks significantly worse. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I don't I don't really know what else to say about the lineup. We know what's wrong. Um, the Padres are now probably going to be – if the Giants win or if the Dodgers win their next game – either five and a half, six games back. Um, they're six games back of the of the Giants now, or six and a half. The Marlins still look good, um, and they're going to get Jazz Chisholm back soon. And what you were talking about with A.J. Preller as far as, as far as, you know, being however many games back at the deadline, I mean, everyone's going to be talking about trades, and everyone's going to be talking about trading Blake Snell, Josh Hader, Juan Soto, those are going to be three guys brought up at the deadline that I'm sure are going to get a lot of calls for this team. AJ Peller is going to have to answer a lot of phone calls regarding those three. Um, and that's kind of what sucks is AJ might blow it up and then be gone the very next year. And it'll be all his fault. Um, and, and, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to who to blame, I'll say, I'm going to blame, blame the players first. I'm going to go ahead and just, you know, keep repeating myself and saying Manny, Jake, Xander, uh, Grisham, Carpenter, Cruz, Nola. They suck. They suck right now. It's, it's, I mean, there's no way to sugarcoat it. They suck. And they, when you look at guys, and and I don't like playing the blame game. You know, it's a, it is a team sport. I mean, it is the most individual team sport out there. But um, when you look at it from who to blame, it's those guys. It's those names I just brought up. Those guys are the ones to blame first and foremost because the pitching has been good. I don't want to blame any of the pitchers um, except for, I guess, Luis Garcia for one game. But I, I'm not going to blame any of the pitchers. It's been the guys that you paid to produce that aren't producing that are the ones to blame next up is going to be aj preller for not knowing or not doing extensive research regarding xander bogart's wrist giving carpenter to your deal when outside of a 30 game sample size maybe he's been horrendous he looked old he looked washed same thing with cruz he looked washed uh let's see trent grisham I feel like we should have offloaded him, but we didn't. Jake Cronenworth, fuck, I don't even know what to say, but he's been trash. I mean, those are the guys you need to blame first. Um, but as far as A.J. Preller goes, then you look at, like, why are these guys bad this year? Why 
Um, is there not some sort of hitting? I mean, why hasn't anything been done? Scouting uh, development has been an issue for years now. Nothing has been done. What is going on inside the organization that we don't know about that's keeping the Padres from consistently being a good team, even with the names that are on board this year? What is going wrong? And why has it not been fixed? That goes to AJ Preller. And let me tell you guys, the least, the last person to blame, and I hate that I even see his name get brought up when it comes to being laid off, is Bob Melvin. Dude, you really, I don't, I don't, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't get wanting to fire Bob Melvin. He makes bad decisions sometimes because he puts too much trust in his players. But if I was a player, I would want my manager to trust me like that too. Because if he doesn't trust me, if he doesn't give me the confidence to go up there and perform, why the hell am I going to want to be there? I'm not going to want to play for him. I'm not going to want to go out and perform for him. And as far as the Luis Garcia thing, yeah, I didn't want him in there either. And I definitely think that was good. That's going to, that one's going to live with me when it comes to any Bob Melvin decision. That will be number one. For num- number one for most people will probably be the Josh Hader, Robert Suarez, and the NLCS thing. That will not be number one for me because I agreed with what he did in that situation. Um, but Bob Bellman deserves none of the blame. He's not – look, you can blame him all you want. Manny's been one of the best players in baseball for years. It is not his fault that Manny's not performing. It is not his fault that Xander's not performing. It is not his fault Jake is not performing. Grisham, none of those guys, especially the first three I mentioned, because they've been productive players before – they were productive players under different managers. They were Xander or uh, Jake and Manny were productive players under him last year. It's not his fault that they're not performing this year. He was good in Oakland. He worked well with what he had in Oakland. He's consistently brought up by multiple guys as one of the top five managers in baseball. He is not the problem whatsoever. I I firmly believe he is not the problem at all. He is. If anything, he will be the solution to any Padres problems in the future if he stays. He would it would be a mistake to let Bowmel go. I firmly believe that. I'll say I completely agree with you, Isaac. Like, I, I don't understand. Okay. And I've ripped I've ripped Bob Melvin for like some of the decisions. Like the Clev one, okay, the Suarez one, like, yeah, that, that was like kind of that was bad. It wasn't the best. But I didn't think it was that crazy. Starting Clev, throwing Manaya after Clev, after that whole thing, that was so bad. That was like absurdly bad, right? But this year, what are there two games that we can look at and be like, oh, Bob Melvin blew that game? Okay, that's not that crazy. <laughs> the Garcia one is probably the worst thing he's done all year in terms of decision making. And I think that was stupid, but he was also short on arms. And it was like, uh. And we've also seen Garcia's probably the only guy with experience there. So yeah, I think he has his flaws. I don't think he's a tier one manager or anything like that. But to be like, oh, the solution is to fire Bob Melvin is a crazy take. Because if you're firing Bob Melvin, that means that you're letting AJ Preller hire his fourth manager. More managers than playoff appearances is not good for a tenure somewhere. And that would be his, I mean, that's where he's at right now. This is his third manager. He has two more like one playoff appearance, but like, I don't get it. Like 
I, I don't think that Bob Melvin is the issue. I think the issue is that the organization is extremely dysfunctional and Bob Melvin is the manager, but he's not the one that's putting everything around him. I, I think Bob Melvin is probably one of the, the more stable parts of the organization. Like if we look at if we look at all of the change in the in like the back end of the Padres organization, like all the scouts, all the guys that have left that are like big name people and big name exec, I mean not necessarily execs, I guess, but like you know, big time scouts, big time strength and conditioning. Like if you look at like all the change that's happened under AJ Preller and you're gonna be like, Oh yeah, it's on Melvin. Like I, I just think that's crazy. Like so I don't think he's the best. I don't think he's anyone crazy, but I don't think we're going to just get rid of Bob Melvin and improve. I think we would take a serious step back in terms of who our, how our good our coaching would be and who our manager would be. So I'm, I'm fully with you, Isaac. Um, I definitely think AJ is, I think the players and then AJ is fair. I think that's fair, but I also think like it's hard because it's also like the roster construction where it's like, so much is on a handful of players and then you have like you don't have a complete lineup um you have a lot of cap now into two guys that have into multiple players that have chronic injuries i, I saw this earlier today i think i said it to you guys drew pomerantz okay think about this aj preller got got suspended right because drew pomerantz had chronic injury issues but then aj preller signed drew pomerantz and now Drew Pomerantz has missed three straight seasons making $8 million a year. No one no one ever brings that part up about that. Like, that's on A.J. Preller. He literally yeah. got suspended because he was injured, because yeah. he had chronic issues. And if this is going to be the case with Xander, that's another really bad move in terms of the injury standpoint. And you look at who's A.J.'s hired in terms of strength and conditioning, in terms of people like your know, medical staff, stuff like that. Dude, there are some serious question marks. Like um, the guy's name is on a uh, too much Morton's too much Morton's. I think is his name on Twitter. Uh, like the Giannis dude. Um, oh yeah. He posted a big thread about basically all of this, like the dysfunctional parts of, of the Padres organization. You are going to see some crazy things. If you go find that, that thread on Twitter, like it is, it is a wild thing to read about a billion dollar organization. where like, none of that stuff should be happening. Like, it really should not be happening. So I think you're right in terms of the order because, like, look, the players are, are first, and we're looking at their numbers, and it's really bad. But I mean, I would even say like it's kind of half and half, just because like we know how bad the coaching and stuff has been outside of like Ruben Niebla. Because like, bro, it, it wasn't it wasn't that long ago when we had what Larry Roth Rothenberg Rothschild Rothschild yeah Rothschild dude that guy was a joke that guy joke. was a legitimate a joke, joke yeah. of a coach and every player was like I hate this guy. Yeah. Besides CC Sabathia. So, <clears throat> yeah, well, it's it's rough, it, dude. It's it's really rough. It's also crazy to think, like, for anyone who thinks it's just Bowmel that has input on the team, I'm almost certain it's AJ, Pre- AJ Preller has some saying who's in the lineup, what the lineup is, uh, who's going to, or, you know, all the pitching decisions, whatever it is. It'd be crazy to think AJ Preller does not have input on that. Even if he's not around, like, I mean, he's been around more lately, but – um, I mean, everything that has been said about him leads me to believe he has the say in pretty major decisions. Um, I, I just don't understand if, if, you know, people are saying, uh, people are blaming Bowmel for the guys not performing. Dude, these are guys that, these are guys that 
have multiple all-stars under their belt, under their belt, silver sluggers, MVP votes, six war seasons, seven war seasons. What the hell do they need Bob Melvin to help them for? I mean, I don't get that. I just don't understand how, why do these guys need a babysitter all of a sudden? They don't need someone in their ear telling them, telling them how to do things because they've been doing it all their lives. They've been doing it all their careers. They've been good throughout their careers. Why do they, why does it suddenly, uh, I, I don't know, man. I just don't understand blaming Bob Melvin for. I, I, I do think, I do think it's fair. Like where it's like, if you're taking cause I feel like Lizzie has been saying that, like she's saying like, it's kind of like everyone. I get that. I get that. But I don't get when, I don't get when Bob Melvin's the scapegoat. That's what yeah, I, it, it doesn't make sense. And that's the thing, you know, everyone, when the team's not performing, everyone's looking like a scapegoat. Look, just because we made the NLCS last year doesn't mean that, you know, there should still. It doesn't mean that AJ Peller is suddenly a good manager. It doesn't mean that suddenly the Padres are good at developing or anything like that. It's just that when you're winning, none of these problems are brought up. All is good when you're winning, but when you're losing, everyone is looking for someone. The first finger to be pointed is always at the manager, the dugout manager. It's always at the manager. I know I saw that. It's always at the manager, but why? It doesn't, it's not always the manager. We've seen from the Padres. Look, AJ Pellers tried building a, a super or a good team like this before. It didn't work. This is the second time doing it. So far. I mean, yeah, we got to the NLCS last year, 89 wins, but we got we got there. But other than that, it hasn't worked. His whole tenure. The Padres haven't been good. 2021, it didn't work. 2015, it didn't work. His whole tenure, the Padres have not been. It is, it is exactly like Tom Telesco. I want Tom Telesco fired, and I'm not going to. I mean, if it feels exactly that way, then I think AJ Preller might need to be shown the door too. So, like I said, first is the players, man. First is the players, no doubt about that. Last. And, and I don't really feel like it's even close. It's Bob Melvin. Also, I'll say, um, the thing about Bob Melvin is that I do hear this too. I say this by Carlos. Um, Bob Melvin, like, not motivating them and stuff. Dude, I feel like Bob Mo- Melvin gets me fired up sometimes, dude. Oh, like, yeah. I, don't, I don't get that. Like, he, dude, he gets, like, irate. He was so pissed about the call, uh, the Gary Sanchez, like, interference, which we didn't really talk about too much. That was, I mean, you brought it up real quick, like, that was Stupid an absolutely call. crazy call. That, yeah. that is the dumbest rule. And, and maybe, okay, we were talking about doing some like MLB segments in the future. I think maybe we should do like a rule change one. I think that'd be fun because that's one that just, dude, that rule is just so bad. The way that it's like worded and stuff, it's so bad it's, and there's no consistency. It, and there's also like other cool rules that could be. Yeah. Too. It, it makes sense. I, I mean, like rules, I mean, just from a playing standpoint, I hated when they blocked the plate or second base or anything like that. I hated it. So I don't hate the rule. What I hate is that the guy was out by 40 feet. The rule is that if the runner's out by a certain distance, it's not exactly 40 feet. Don't quote me on that. It was just an exaggeration. If the runner is out by a certain distance, then it doesn't matter if the guy's blocking the plate. The runner was out, I would bet, by that certain distance. It wasn't even close. And that was the main thing that was brought up on Twitter by Manny, by uh, by Fernando, by Bomel. 
that was the main point was that he was out by a certain amount of feet the throw beat him by a long shot so therefore he should have just still been out and i don't understand why that rule didn't come into play when it really should have which it would have ended the inning i believe but um really stupid i mean it's just that like I understand you're going to have the – I mean, there's going to be some mess – but this is the second time it's been messed up this week. It got messed up in another game too. So I don't understand having people in New York deciding calls when they don't know the rules. It is it, – I mean, it's very evident that in the past two weeks, the guys in that New York office, whatever it is, do not know the rules. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. Um, I do see a question here. Um, Philly fired their World Series coach um, and went to the World Series. If it meant a trip to the World Series this year, would you fire Bo Mid? I mean, yeah, of course. I, I just don't think it helps, though. That's the thing. Yeah, that's not – that's yeah, – of course. Like, who wouldn't? <laughs> I, I think that – dude, I will say I'm absolutely terrified for AJ Perler at the deadline. I'm, I'm, I'm like – I'm nervous that, like – I don't, I don't want to say everything that he, not even he's built, but like, because you even just said it, dude. Like the Padres haven't been that good I'm, I'm for afraid. how much hype the Padres have as like a team and like the names and everything like that, and like how much they've grown as a franchise, which is true. They haven't won nearly enough, nearly enough to actually get that hype and that credit. But well, it's it's like I, exactly like Tom Telesco. These two are guys that are supposed to be geniuses that are supposed to be really good at evaluating talent. They were both former scouts. And they haven't put very good products on the field the whole time they've – almost the whole time they've been in their positions. So, um, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, the, the thing I'm most afraid of is him blowing up something that's eventually not going to be his. I mean, <laughs> I, I want to keep Soto. No matter what, I want to keep everyone that's on board right now. I would understand getting rid of Snell. I would understand getting rid of Hater. At that, but it has to reach a certain point. However, I just, I don't know, man. I, it's hard to say if we're however many games back. Let's say seven, ten. If we're ten games back, is no, it's no choice. We're done. But if we're like five to seven. Does he buy or does he sell? Um, and, and a lot of this is going to be dictated on where they're at. And right now they're sitting six and a half um, behind the wild card spot. This next six game stretch, I want to say, because it's, it's the Pirates are after the Nationals, right? I'm not wrong about that. Yeah. Yeah. Pirates are at, and then the Reds and the Reds have won like 11 or 12 in a row. They've been insane. But this next six-game stretch means a lot. Like, you have to go five and one. Four and two is not good enough. And it's also more important, too, because the, the Diamondbacks and the Giants are playing each other. So you can make up a little bit of ground. Um, you, you probably have to sweep. Like, at least one of the series. And 
I mean, ideally you want to win six. Like you want to finally have a win streak. You but gotta you have need a win to streak, sweep man. at least one of these series, and you cannot afford to lose either one. That would be really bad. These are two terrible teams. The Pirates were pretty decent early on in the year. They've they've lost like nine or ten in a row. They've fallen apart as expected. The Nationals are awful. Um, pitching. So real quick, I'll go through the starters. Um, Friday tomorrow, it's Patrick Corbin, Joe Musgrove. Corbin sucks. He's washed. He's been a little bit better this year than the last couple of years, but he still sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, Josiah Gray, actually pretty solid. Um, he's going up against Waka. And then, of course, the familiar face in Mackenzie Gore uh, is going up against Seth Lugo. So you got two lefties. Potters have, I feel like, fared a lot better against lefties than righties this year. I, I don't know if that's – I don't have numbers to back that up. That's just my my gut feeling and, and from watching the games. Um, but – Josiah Gray's a decent starter, but you have the advantage in every single one of those games. You look at the Nationals lineup, they're not good. Uh, CJ Abrams has been really bad, really bad, um, which is crazy. Also, Great. we're talking about, real quick, just a quick side note, super quick. Talk about blowing stuff up. Dude, look at the package that the, that the Nationals got for Soto. Two of the main pieces, two of like the, you have basically like four pieces. Two of them aren't looking that good. Like it hasn't really looked like that great for them in that deal. So that's another thing to say. Like you don't really want like to blow it up because most prospects don't pan out, don't and pan most out. prospects don't become something super good. Um, so basically, for the Nationals lineup, like Lane Thomas is like their only guy that's been pretty good offensively. Um, it, it's not. There's nothing exciting about it. Like they're okay. They're they're decent, but they're not. They're not good. Like. So you got to win. You got to sweep this one. If you don't sweep this one, then you better win two and you better sweep the next series. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Because if yeah. you're not doing that, like you have a pitching advantage against a bad lineup. Like your starter should be able to do good. Your bullpen should be all right. You, you just got to produce. If, if you put up five, six runs in consistent, if you put up five runs in every game of this these next six games, you should win at all of them. It, it would be weird if you lost any of those, I would say. Maybe one game you kind of, something weird happens, but like, if you put up five runs a game, you should win every one of those. So, yeah, it's it's getting to do or die time right now. Um, no, I, I mean, I completely agree. Uh, I just saw a quote from Juan Soto. I mean, he knows they all know they got to turn it up. They all know that. Um, I mean, the Giants just won on a ten game win streak. The, the I forgot what other team it was. They just won thirteen out of fifteen. Um, the Padres can't even win three in a row. <laughs> um, but you know, now's the time where you know you need to see a five, six, ten game win streak. I mean, the longest since the Padres have supposedly been good, which was 2021, which is where they were supposed to be good. The longest win streak they've had is nine. Um, it'd be nice to have one of those right now. It'd be really nice to have one of those right now. Um, but let's start with five and one in the next six against teams that you should handle pretty easily. Five and one in the next six. We need a streak where they go, oh, the Padres are 14 and four in their last 18, 15 and five in their last 20. Uh, shoot, 12 and three, 11 and four in their last 15, something like that. Something's got to give. The Padres are three games back of 500 right now i will not go into to another game until they get to 500 i'll, I'll 
you can quote me on. I will not go to another game until they are at 500. Um, so I just, I don't know. I feel like they have the team to do it, man. They, they showed today they can do it. I don't know what's stopping them. And I, and, and I, I just saw someone say, are we overhyping Gary Sanchez? Yeah, probably. But you know why? Because the guy behind him is horrible. Like, I, I honestly could care less if Gary, uh, you know, goes 0 for 10 and then hits a home run because Nola can go 0 for 10 and he, he, he will go like 0 for 15, 0 for 20, and then he'll hit a single. I don't want a single. I don't care about a single. Um, Sorry, I got loud. Uh, but, yeah, man, I mean, I don't – the only thing holding the Padres back right now is hitting with runners to score in position, timely hitting. That is the most important thing in baseball, I think. Timely hitting is the most important thing in baseball. You could have three hits in the game. If they're all after, let's say, the I don't know, the guys got the two guys ahead of you got walked. Now it's runners on first and second. You just hit a double. You cleared the bases. 2-0. You did it again, 4-0. The other team had six, had eight hits, but they weren't really with guys on. You win the game. My whole thing is, you know, I don't really care how many hits you get. I don't care what your batting average is. I don't care what your OPS is. That's all That's all cool. You know, that's all cool numbers. But my biggest thing as far as a team, from a team standpoint, because, I, you know, when it comes to individual players, we're all going to look at their individual numbers. But when it comes to a team standpoint, I like to see the high numbers with guys in scoring position or guys on. Um, that was something Odoro was really good at last year, like, Sure, individually he wasn't that good of a player, but with guys on, he had a really good—he had some really good numbers last year, um, and and those are the guys that I like on my team. Um, and I thought that this Padres team was supposed to be that way, but they're not that way so far. Um, His—I mean—they're having the worst season when it comes to uh, hitting with guys in scoring position, um, and um, I mean, if they were even mediocre at it bad it's like a 225 average we're probably sitting at 500 a little over 500 right now but we're not they've been historically bad and I said it before i say it again it all falls on that middle of the order that got paid so uh the rest of the season rides on manny xander and jake i would say they need to get hot fernando's fucking fantastic fernando's balling bro fernando should probably finish top five in mvp voting Juan Soto's cooled down a little bit, but he just had a really good series. He's starting to heat up again. But the rest of the season, it's going to ride on these guys getting hot. And we can't wait no more. You know, I feel like earlier in the season, us, uh, other radio shows, other pod, Padre podcasts, um, people that came on our show, uh, people that came on other shows, everything was the same it was they're gonna heat up they're gonna heat up they're gonna be fine they can't be this bad runners scoring position for much longer um they're you know they're gonna figure it out they're too good to not figure it out it's june 22nd we're saying the same thing so i mean they got to do it now it's no more waiting no more waiting they got to do it now yeah and and we're gonna have to do some uh some mid-season report cards and isaac i'll I don't know what you're thinking, but I think there's going to be a lot of F's and D's on that report card right now because that's in seven seven games, I think. Yeah, we're 75 games in. So that's in seven games. Sorry, six games. 
Um, but yeah, so it's been rough. Um, we will have a shorts video out tomorrow for sure. I don't know if we'll have anything out Saturday. Make sure you guys hop in on Sunday, though. We'll be doing the $50 gift card for Bubs at the ballpark. Um, that is going to be really exciting. Happy that, you know, they that we, we reach out to them and, and they're kind of doing this little partnership thing with us. Um, we'll do a few of those on Sunday, but that's going to be the first one. So make sure to join there. Um, I'll have that stream up, like, set up way beforehand, probably Saturday. I'll have it set up. Um, so it'll be scheduled way, way in advance, but super pumped about that and, and really happy that they're going to be working with us in, in that regard. So uh, we'll be doing that. Um, I think that we might do a video. I, I'm hoping that we'll be able to do a video soon. Um, if we can all get together, well, like sometime soon on should the Padres let go of AJ Preller. Um, we already talked about, I mean, me and you kind of gave our case today already, but like to really break it down. And, Cause a couple years ago, we went through all of AJ Preller's trades and it was like, because we did it because we were like, AJ Preller is like, oh, he's a he's an amazing trader. He's a genius at trading. And then we broke it down. We're like, dude, he has like like so many horrible trades. Like you look around the league at how many guys are in the Padres organization that are absolute studs, and it's crazy. There's a lot of guys that were. And it, you're kind of looking like, dude, why is Ty France not on this team? Why is Emmanuel Claus not on this team? Like, there's just so many guys. So um, but yeah, I think that's going to do it for today. So we'll see y'all on Sunday. Um, make sure to, to tune in tomorrow. See the, the shorts vid on, on the Xander, um, Bogarts and Matt Carpenter signings. Cause that one's going to be maybe a little bit of an angry video. Uh, I feel like we got a little bit angry early on today, but we kind of chilled down after a little bit. Um, yeah, I think it would have been a lot different if we would have lost today too. I, I think the 10 the 10 win, like yeah, we were going crazy last night in our group chat. We were we were livid. So that that helps, but I don't think we're feeling very confident right now either. So yeah. All right, guys. Uh, we'll see you all soon. Um, hopefully, 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 this is you know there's going to be a turnaround. But I feel like I've said that like 500 times already this year. So I'm kind of tired of saying that. I feel like I've ended every single stream like that. So maybe this will be the last time I'll say that. How about that? Um, all right, guys. Have a good night. Uh, we'll see you all on Sunday.